please stand and join me in the call to worship. Listen to the good news. God is with us this day and every day. Because God is with us, we can face peace and courage. We can find some good in everything, for we are never completely alone. God's goodness sometimes seems to be a trickle and sometimes a mighty flood. But always, God is with us.
You may be seated. I want to welcome all of you to worship here at Southside Baptist Church this morning. Uh, whether you are a first-time guest or a long-time member, we are delighted that you have made your way into our sanctuary today to be a part of our family of faith as we celebrate and worship the risen Lord. If you would, uh, you will notice that there is an insert in your bulletin this morning. Uh, and on one side, there is a registration uh, form that will allow us to keep a record of who is in attendance, but also to take note of some opportunities and ministries that we might use uh, to better serve the interests and needs of our congregation and our community. Um, you will also notice on the other side, uh, something I'm very proud to show you all this morning. Uh, we're going to be highlighting the various ministries that operate out of our church over the coming weeks. And one of them is the Jesus Said Feed the Hungry ministry. Uh, and what that is is a ministry that goes to Lynn Park uh, and does what Jesus said, uh, feeds the hungry. Uh, and that's a very good thing. It's a wonderful thing. And we're, we're proud of uh, Miss Kim and the work that she's done uh, to get that ministry going. If you'd like more information on that particular ministry, please contact myself or Dr. Kelly or the church office because uh, any support or uh, volunteering would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I also want to let you know that there are a number of uh, items on the agenda for this week. Uh, first off, we're going to be having our men's Bible study that will be meeting monthly. Uh, the first one will begin tomorrow at 1130. Lunch will be provided uh, and we will be beginning our study at 12 noon and wrapping up about 1245. So if you have time on your lunch break and you're interested, that men's Bible study begins tomorrow. We will also be kicking off Vacation Bible School tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Uh, and thank you to all of you who have volunteered with that opportunity already. Uh, if you have children or grandchildren or know of children who would be interested in attending, um, we would love to have them. You can bring them by at 9 a.m. Uh, we can get them registered then if they are not already registered. Uh, but that will be starting tomorrow as well. Uh, and finally, we are going to be starting a Wednesday night uh, Bible study that is in addition to the Wednesday night study we're already doing here. Uh, what we will be doing is meeting down 280 at Nukes and Maki Fresh area uh, to provide a theological discussion and Bible study for folks on that end of town. Uh, so if you're on that end of town and might not be able to make it to Southside by 6.30 on a Wednesday, that opportunity will be starting tomorrow, or Wednesday, excuse me, uh, and we would love to have you for that. Uh, welcome again. And thank you for being with us, and we're excited about worshiping with you and worshiping our God together. Uh, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we gather here this morning for the purpose of worshiping you by coming into your presence with our family of faith here at Southside. We thank you for this day and for every day we get to be a part of your creation. During this time, we pray that you would fill this room with your presence. Teach us to love you and to love others, and guide our worship to your glory. May our special time spent here prepare us as we go forth to announce your kingdom to the world that you love, through our words, through our actions, through our love and our charity. To all of which I ask in the most holy name of your Son, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing as we join Dr. Banks in the choir in hymn number 629, Be Strong in the Lord. Once again, we use our newer hymnal in a tune that may not be as, uh, as familiar to all. Uh, we ask that you give it a go. Nonetheless, it is fairly tuneful. 
but the words, of course, are especially important. So uh, if nothing else, you might chant in rhythm uh, as we go. Be strong in the Lord.
standing for our first reading this morning from 2 Corinthians. We'll be reading from chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is the word of the Lord. y'all doing today? Have you been having a great summer? Pretty good? Enjoying it? Well, summer is just going to get better. You know why? What are we going to have next week? Do you know? What's happening next week at the church? What is to Chris say? Nation Bible School, that's right. We're going to have some really good stories some really fun games to play, some crazy snacks that you make and you eat, some uh, things that you, some fun crafts that you make, and some really fun music. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. So if you have a, a friend that you like to play with, maybe you can invite them to come and come with you next week. Think that might be fun? I think it will be. And I've got something for you to take home to show your moms and dads. Look at this book. This is called the Jesus Story Bible. And this is the book that we're going to be using next week in Bible school, and it has some really good stories. In fact, the story I'm going to read to you today comes from this book. I like it. It's one of my favorite books. I bet you know a man. If I said the uh, name of Joseph, what do you think of? You think of Joseph? What do you think of? The coat of many colors? Okay. Um, one day there was this, this little boy named Joseph, and his father was Jacob. And Jacob really, really, really liked Joseph the best of all his brothers. And that wasn't too good. And so one day he gave him a beautiful, beautiful coat, and it had a lot of colors. It might be like the dress I'm wearing or something like this. You like a coat like that? Maybe something like this, all these beautiful colors. And all of Joseph's brothers were jealous, and they wanted the rainbow coat, too. And Joseph wasn't very nice, either. He said, he said, I've had some dreams, and I dreamed I was the greatest. I was in charge of all of you, and all of you bowed down to me. You think his brothers liked that? Mm. Joseph, he really shouldn't have said things like that. And his brothers got really mad at Joseph, and they really wanted to kill him. 
And that's really what they tried to do. They sold him for some money, and he became a slave. And they, the people they sold him to took him to Egypt. And the brothers went home, and they lied to their father. And they said, Joseph got killed. And they said, well, that's the end. And the brothers were thinking, that's the end of Joseph. But, you know, they were really wrong because God had a plan for Joseph. And even though all these bad things were happening to Joseph, God would use it to make good things happen. Meanwhile, Joseph was in Egypt, and still bad things were happening. He was far away from home, and his father, he got blamed for something he didn't do, and they threw him in jail, but God was still there with Joseph. One night, the king of Egypt had a dream, and he didn't know what it meant. Someone said, well, this guy in jail knows what dreams mean, so they got Joseph, and they brought him to the king, and Joseph said, your dream means that bad times are coming to Egypt. There won't be any food for anyone. That's called a famine. Well, Pharaoh, who the, the king of Egypt, was so glad that Joseph was telling him this uh, ahead of time, so he made him a prince and said, you be in charge. You, you, you save some food for us. So that's what Joseph did. Now, back home, Joseph's daddy and his brothers, they were having bad times too. There was no food. So the father said, go to Egypt and get some food, because they have some food there. So the brothers went to Egypt, and they bowed down to the ruler. Who do you think it was? Joseph. That's right, it was Joseph. And they didn't know it was Joseph. And Joseph was so glad to see them. He said, it's me, it's me, it's your Joseph. And the brothers were really scared. They said, uh-oh, we tried to kill Joseph, and now he's going to do terrible things to us. But Joseph looked at his brothers, and he just couldn't help but love them. And he said, don't worry. He said, you did bad things to me, but God had a big plan for me. I'm over here in Egypt, and I'm helping all these people, and God is making things right. And so Joseph didn't punish them. He, re he rescued them. He saved. He gave food to his father and to his brothers. Now, if you've ever thought about this story, I want you to think about Jesus. Okay. Didn't Jesus leave his father, and people came, and they hated him, and they sold him for some money, and he would be punished, even though Jesus didn't do anything wrong, he would be punished. But what, what we need to remember from the story is that God has a plan, and even though bad things happen, God can use it to do something good for the whole world, like he did with Jesus. Jesus saved us all from our sins. So that's good to remember. Can we, can we say a prayer? Dear God, we thank you so much for our kids. We thank you that you have a plan for our world. And even when bad times come, we know that you can use it for good. We ask that you bless these children. We ask that you bless our Bible school next week. In Jesus' name, amen. before we come before God in prayer, I want to thank whoever it was who did the flower arrangement because they got the color coordination just perfect this morning. So thank you for that. Will you pray with me? 
Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you walked our walk here on earth, bumping into friend and stranger, offering words of hope and encouragement, putting your life on the line because of love, compassion on your lips, healing in your hands, wisdom in your words, and challenges to call people to the life of discipleship. Your expressions of love have encouraged all who follow you to offer you thanks and praise for the chance to begin again. And Lord Jesus Christ, you know the pain of being let down, of being pushed from pillar to post, of watching hopes and dreams being snatched away in the flurry of a sword or in the whisper of a temple courtyard. And so we pray that your compassion and your understanding, your promises of hope, may be heard in each one of our lives this morning. We pray that you would be there beside the bedside of those who are dying, whispering words of hope, comforting those who grieve. Lord, at times when we feel daunted by the sheer number and weight of the tasks which face the church in these days, mindful that we are fewer and fewer in number, remind us once more of the mustard seed, the smallest of all the seeds, and yet it grows and grows and grows. Help us to know that even small and insignificant though we may feel ourselves to be, you are able, through lives which are offered to you, to accomplish more than we ask, think, or even imagine. Lord, we ask for your help in all our efforts at building communities within our own local communities. Help us to be salt and light within our own sphere of influence that others might see the coming of your kingdom through works of mercy, kindness, and compassion. Merciful Father, we are grateful to you this morning for hearing our prayers, for answering them. And so we offer them in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Our second reading this morning is from the book of Genesis. Genesis 37, verses 1 to 4, 12 to 18, and then jumping over to chapter 39 for the first two verses there. We begin this morning a series of three homilies on the life of Joseph. And we've had a good introduction to Joseph and his life earlier on with the children. Genesis 37, Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. And this is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years of age, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhal and Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his children because he was the son of his old age and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when the brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem and Israel said to Joseph, are, you not, are, are not your brothers pastoring the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, here I am. So he said to him, go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring back word to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, what are you seeking? Oh, I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, they have gone away, for I, he I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. And jumping over to chapter 39, verses 1 and 2, now Joseph was taken to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became successful. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It was 2003 and I was sitting in a room where the average age, without counting my own, was about 16. I hadn't told my wife I was going. Now that got your attention, didn't it? It had been about 33 years since I'd been in a similar situation. And in the meantime, I'd managed to secure a Bachelor of Arts, a Master's, and a PhD. But sitting in a room in Green Springs Highway, I was wondering if I would pass my Alabama driving test. It sometimes seems as if the whole of life is filled with tests. Once we, our mothers have discovered that they are pregnant and we're going to be born, then we're tested at various stages of our life. Some young people sit their ACT or their SAT tests on several occasions to see if they're competent enough to go to, to college. And once they get there, the first question they learn to ask of their professors is, is this on the test? Unfortunately, the tests of life are not quite so simple to forecast or so straightforward to negotiate. 
We just don't know what lies ahead of us. Would Joseph have ever imagined that he would change the coat of many colors for a prison uniform and a few decades later for a fine robe given to the Egyptian prime minister? In the midst of life, faith is often fragile. The Lord, we are told, was with Joseph. But where on earth is God in the midst of all his troubles? And for many of us as Christians, the first great surprise of the Christian life is in the form of trouble that trips us up. We had expected it to be so different. Yet, you know, the darker moments of life, from which God is certainly not absent, because he enters into the confusion and the mystery of our experiences. The refrain that keeps coming before us in these chapters of Genesis is, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Both in the house of Potiphar, as well as in the prison, and then again in the domain of the prime minister. I've become quite addicted, I have to confess, to words with friends. Anybody else with that? No? I confess that I haven't actually taken the courage to actually play a friend, but I play the computer or the iPad or the iPhone. I'm convinced that some of the words that my opponent plays are not real words at all. Now, the comparisons are difficult to make when compared to our lives, but God is meant to be on our side. And on numerous occasions, we wonder sometimes, where is God? Is she having a day off? Is God on flex time? I think we need to consider that God is not always around just to help us to win, so to speak. And his moves, thankfully, are not mechanically operated. He's driven, rather, by love and compassion. And when we feel that we are in the midst of a current of events that surround us, not understanding how this could possibly work out for our benefit, we discover that God says to us, as Joseph said to his brothers, you've planned it for evil, but God planned it for good. In Andrew Lloyd Webber's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, the narrator encourages the imprisoned Joseph not to despair because he says, I've read the book and you come out on top. Unfortunately for Joseph and for ourselves, life is not like that. Our books are written on the go. They are written as we live them. And they have multiple outcomes and multiple endings, depending on the choices that we make. I long ago gave up the idea that there is a perfect blueprint for our lives, and if we only find it, everything will go well. I'm thankful that God is bigger than that, that God is not just the God who plans one thing for us, but he has multiple opportunities for us to discover his grace and his mercy in our lives, no, ma no matter how many wrong turns, so to speak, that we, may, we might make in our lives. He's the God of the second, the third, the fourth, etc., etc. chances. He's the God who is with us, the God who can help us out, the God who in the midst of the direst situation is there to be with us and to be our companion. Now, Joseph had many tests to face in his life. Some of them were his own fault, if we're honest. 
Some years ago, I wrote a, an article for a series of studies for the Alabama Baptist newspaper on the life of Joseph. It's the only time that I've got a letter to the editor. I had suggested that Joseph was actually a bit of a spoiled brat and that telling his brothers the dream was obviously going to lead them to be resentful. This lady didn't like that. Joseph was her hero. He could do no wrong. But biblical heroes are not like that. Biblical heroes, if we have them at all, mess up. And they often mess up big time. But God does not abandon them. Joseph faced many experiences where he was rejected. We meet him first in this biblical story when he's only about 17 years of age, yet his young life has been filled with incident. He's been born into a troubled family, filled with bitterness and heartache. His father had children from four different relationships. When people tell me that there's a biblical form of marriage, I want to say, is it Jacob's with four wives and all these children? I don't think so. But we're told that Jacob made a richly ornamented robe for Joseph, the infamous coat of many colors, the symbol that was given to the heir of the family, and he wasn't the heir of the family. Reuben was. No wonder Reuben was mad. His brothers showed him contempt. We read that they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. You know, sometimes we used to say as children, sticks and stones may break our bones, but names will never hurt us. It wasn't true. Because the things that people say to us or about us, the innuendos that they suggest, or the things they don't say to us as they snub us, can be hurtful, can be devastating, can undermine our whole lives. In the midst of it all, what Joseph was passing through he was to discover that God was the God who had not abandoned him. Before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. He's gone out to see how they're keeping. He's gone out with sandwiches for the afternoon. And all they want to do is get rid of him. Years later, they confess they didn't listen to his cries. Amos tells us, you drink wine by the bowlful, but do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. When they got him and they threw him down into this pit, they had a party. And then they sold him into slavery in Egypt. It all happened in Dothan. Not Alabama Dothan, but ancient Near Eastern Dothan. Dothan is only mentioned one other occasion in the Old Testament. It's where Elisha was with his servant when the armies surrounded the little village of Dothan where he was living. And the young man who was with Elisha was terrified at all these armies, soldiers, horses that were going to capture them. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. And Elisha's servant's eyes were opened and he saw that the hills were full of the horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. In the midst of all that happens, when we cannot sense God's presence, He is there. You planned it for evil. God planned it for good. He faced a whole variety of different tests, did Jacob? Test of rejection, test of integrity. The Lord was with him, and Joseph prospered. 
It's interesting, we read in chapter 39 that Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him. What a strange way of putting it. But Joseph had to learn new things when he went to Egypt. He got this position. He had to learn the language. He had to learn the culture. He had to learn new skills, new abilities in order to function within his situation. Something in his life stood out and Potiphar saw it. We spent a week of our recent vacation with my sister and brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, like my sister, obviously came from Scotland. And some years ago, I was in a church, a Baptist church in Scotland, preaching. And before the preaching event, I was in the location where Baptist preachers go to speak with a deacon or whatever before the service takes place. And we got talking. And it happened that he knew my brother-in-law's father. In fact, he had worked with my brother-in-law's father in a little village in Scotland. My brother-in-law's father was a, a joiner, and he was in charge of a variety of different joiners on the building site. And he told me of how, through the influence of Willie Kilpatrick, he had come to faith in Jesus. And right at the end of telling me this story, he said, and you know, Ken, he was a good joiner. Are you a good lawyer? Are you a good teacher? Are you good at where you work? Potiphar saw Joseph's life, and it reflected well on his faith. But things went from bad to worse. Joseph's accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife, and eventually he's thrown into prison. And perhaps he's thinking, well, I'll only be there for a short time. But the weeks turn to months, and the months turn to years. And it's a long, long time before he gets out. And yet we read, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. One of the hardest things to do is to wait. Waiting in line, waiting for a phone call, an email, a letter, waiting in a line or a queue as it's properly called holding the beeper they give you in the restaurant, knowing that that's the beeper that that day will not work, and the people that came later will get to the table first. Am I the only person that thinks about that? Waiting is hard. Waiting until we see God doing something that we think he should do much quicker than he does. All the way my Savior leads me. All the way some of the way, most of the way, all the way my Savior leads me. The Lord was with Joseph. Believe that this week the Lord will be with you, and you can be with the Lord, and your life can be seen to be different. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, as you were mysteriously with Joseph, we pray that you would be with us in the midst of all the trials and testings that we face. May we know your presence as you are the God who is by our side. We ask it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our hymn of response our hymn of dedication is 633, All the Way My Savior Leads Me.
I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious Father, loving Lord, we thank you for this glorious day. Help us to realize and to act upon the opportunities that we have to be ambassadors of your son Jesus Christ in this community and with everyone with whom we come in contact today and every day. Be with us. We thank you for our trials and tribulations, for out of them we learn patience, endurance, hope, and to trust and depend on you 
and your power to deliver us. Strengthen us. For all you have done for us, we are thankful. And as a show of our gratitude, we come now to give back to you a portion of our resources with which you have so abundantly blessed us. Multiply these tithes and offerings to prosper this church that they may be used to spread the gospel of Jesus' love and to provide comfort for the less fortunate in this community and throughout the world. Bless us. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
before we go today, I want to mention just a couple of things. One is the deacons will have a meeting right after worship today as we gather downstairs in Brennan Hall for lunch and then a meeting with a guest speaker. And then also the choir will be meeting with us for lunch and then going on to your rehearsal space back here, I think. So if you're uh, in the congregation haven't heard of that and those are a part of your usual uh, places of, of responsibility, duty, and opportunities, then you join us for those things. Also, this is VBS week, so we want to be mindful of that, be praying for those who are leaders and those who are the children out there that will be coming too. We've been blessed with opportunities to uh, have a lot of other, several other children that are participating this year, so we want to uh, be mindful of that, be prayerful for that as well. Before Ken comes and pronounces our benediction, I want to ask you to, again, extend the peace of Christ to one another by turning to those and telling them, may the peace of Christ be with you. go, let me share with you a benediction. This benediction comes from John Claypool, former minister in town. Depart now in the fellowship of God the Father, and as you go, remember, in the goodness of God you were born into this world. By the grace of God you have been kept all the day long, and by the love of God fully revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, you are being redeemed. Amen.